0: going to be exploring God's word together this fall and really ask the question how does God God's word move us and one of the key ways he moves us of course is into mission and uh we've needed to really beef things up around here in terms of missions and so I say that because it's kind of elapsed in us as a community and so through the month of October we're going to hear opportunities uh, a variety of opportunities uh some covenant stuff uh we're gonna have a, a young woman come through from one of our covenant churches in in uh In Alberta, she's been working uh, with Greater Europe Mission in London, and uh, we're going to hear from New Tribes. It's going to be exciting just to hear all the ways that God's uh, active and and working. Because that's what it's all about, right? It's all about moving in response to God's Word. It's all about letting Jesus lead us together. And it's why we're making an unapologetic push for everyone to get connected this year for everyone to get connected this fall, in particular for everyone to get connected into Connect Groups. And what I'd like to do today, just for a few minutes, is kind of open the hood, take a few things out, and I want to show you why we want everyone to get connected, in particular to get connected into a Connect Group. I want to I do this for two reasons. First, for those of you who are already you know, you're, I'm getting connected. I've already signed up. I bought the, bought the, the books of the Bible. I'm, I'm ready to go. I hope this morning to deepen your anticipation, to deepen your expectation of what God is going to do. I hope you'll be even more excited to, to get together, uh, to dig in into, into the New Testament together, to gather and share questions and hear from one another, and just travel together, knowing that you will hear from God as you do, and. You'll grow in relationships with each other. And we together will hear God and, and be able to respond to him as he, as he moves us. And for those of you who are not yet convinced, I'm hoping to change your mind this morning. I'm not usually that blunt. But I'm telling you, I'm hoping to change your mind. I want to convince you to hurdle over whatever it is that's holding you back and make that bold, life-changing choice to get to get connected. As you know, I try to take a few weeks uh, every fall, and then usually a Sunday or two in January, to sort of reorient us, to remind us, what are we all about as a church? Like, who are we? Why do we do what we do? Why do we gather? Why do we give? Why do we, where are we going? We try to make sure that we're kind of all on the same page so that we can, we can travel uh, together. Uh, last week, we started at square one. We started at the first chapter of Acts, where we were, we were shown how Jesus promised. That, that his followers, after they'd received the Holy Spirit and they'd received the power of the Holy Spirit, that they would be his witnesses and they would tell people about Jesus everywhere. And the result of that witness would be changed lives. And we saw how true that really was, not only in this group of first followers of Jesus as the story rolls out, but down through history, right up to today, right here, even in our community. And the fact that we can look around our church, we can look around our community and we can see that Jesus is still fulfilling his promise of witness in us, that men and women and children are still coming to find Jesus and follow him. And uh, changed lives are, are the result. And when we, But when we look into that early community in Acts, there's something important about how Jesus did it. Like, how did he fulfill this promise of witness, something that we cannot miss. Are you ready for it? Here it is, in a nutshell. Jesus fulfilled his promise of witness by creating a vibrantly connected community centered around his purposes for the world. I'm going to say that again. Jesus fulfilled his promise of witness by creating a vibrantly connected community centered around his purposes for the world. Connection is the key to the fulfillment of this promise of Jesus. Without connection, there'd be no good news message that's getting out there. There would be no life change. Without connection, there'd be no mission. There wouldn't be anything at all. But the Spirit came, and this life-changing, witness-fulfilling, mission-passionate people, this community was born, and everything that happened next, all the people who found Jesus, all the lives that experienced grace and healing, all the men who turned away from selfishness, and began to serve. All the women who, who actually began to turn their lives around and experience life. All the, the families that were changed. All the churches that were planted. All the leaders who were empowered. And the missionaries that were sent. All of them came, came as a result of this vibrantly connected community. Connectivity is the key to what Jesus promised he would do. And what he will continue to do in us. Well, Where do we see this? Back in that very first picture of the Jesus followers right there at the start of Acts. It's found uh, today we're going to look at the picture that we receive at the end of Acts chapter 2 and it's on an insert in your bulletins Acts 2 42 to 47 and uh, if you have a bible uh, you can find it there as well. Now, remember what happened earlier in Acts chapter 2. Let me refresh, refresh you. The Holy Spirit comes, as was promised by Jesus in Acts chapter 1. The Holy Spirit comes in Acts chapter 2. And as a result of the Holy Spirit coming on this little group of 120 people, thousands of people heard the good news about Jesus. They, they turned their lives over to his leadership. They got baptized. They, they joined this community of Jesus followers. And in one single day, the church moved from a little group of 120 to a group of 3,000. Can you imagine what that would be like? I hope they wore name tags or something. I mean, how did they manage that? It kind of frightens me, actually. What did this community look like? How did they manage that kind of growth? How did they connect with each other? How did they get get to meet one another? How did they care for one another? How did they disciple and grow? They did it as a spirit-connected community. Listen to this description of this first church. And as you hear it, I want you to make a mental note of how this is a description of a deeply connected community. Here it is uh, from your inserts or, or from your Bibles, Acts chapter 2, verse 42. They, that's this group of 3,000 plus followers, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Holy Spirit comes and boom! You know, there's life, there's connection, there's a vibrancy, there's witness, people are coming in and, and, and amazing stuff's going on. Did you, did you notice that? Did you notice how connected these folks are when you heard them described, how the Spirit was working through that connectivity? Here's what I noticed. I noticed at least seven signs that the Spirit was at work in this community. And I want to just rattle through them fairly quickly this morning. When the Holy Spirit connects people into community, here's what we see. First, we see people that are passionately following the teachings of Jesus, where God's word now operates at the very center of their lives, of their life together. And so they begin to gather with the scripture at the center. They begin to gather because they want to hear God speak to them. They want to come to understand who he is and what he says about life and what he says about them and how he's reshaping their purpose. And more than just wanting to know these things, you know, they don't want to just get bigger heads. They want to understand how this applies to their life. Like, how does this affect my relationships? How does this change the way I treat my spouse? How does that How does that alter the way I see my work? How does that change the way I understand my finances? Like, what are you saying, Jesus? And And they want to understand this because they become new creations. They become part of the family of God now. And How you live. You know, they, they know how to live in a way that messes your life up. Got that down. But now we've got to relearn how, how to live in a way that will bring life. Not only to us, but to other people. And so they gather around God's word. They want to hear what he has to say. And they do it in community. They do it with each other. They're devoted to it. They study. They learn. They, they obey. They apply. God's word is central. The next thing we see as the Spirit invades this community is relationships are central. People discover life-giving relationships. And and they gather together regularly. There's this pattern in this early community. They they regularly are gathering, yes, to study Scripture, but also to pray together, to serve together, to eat together, to be together. They've discovered something significant, that not only have they met the Creator, (laughs) the Savior, not only have they met Jesus, but they've been brought into this family. And now suddenly they realize, wow, wow. I've been brought into connection with people that Jesus is also at work in. I'm now related to them. I'm connected to them. I'm discovering through them what God is saying. We're serving together. We're witnessing together. And all of a sudden, our relationships are are growing. And changes are happening in our lives because of it. The third sign we see is that people pray fervently for God's will to be done in their lives, in their church, in their community. This is a community community inspired by the holy spirit that's connected to the will of jesus for them and that prayer isn't something they just kind of you know got a checklist or a list of few things but rather prayer becomes a vibrant way that they actually talk together they recognize that you know what jesus is alive and by his spirit he's present and so we can have a conversation and guess what when jesus is included in the conversation guess what we call it we call it prayer and it's not this, you know, rote thing. It's not this, it's not this dry, thing. It's a vibrant conversation with the one who made us and called us and has drawn us together and has sent us out. And so together we're, we're praying that, that Jesus would, would shape us and change us and call us and, and move heaven and earth so that people can find him, so that his people can grow, so that lives can be changed. Prayer is central. As the Spirit moves us to pray, your kingdom come. The fourth thing we notice is that people get, begin to experience God's powerful presence, his healing. Lives begin to be changed because God's spirit is present. And and in this early community and in the community ever since, we realize that the the church of Jesus is a hospital that sick people connect and find healing. Find healing, yes, in their bodies, but find healing in their hearts and find healing in relationships. And they begin to experience emotional healing. They begin to, to, to realize they're in a community that can walk with them and through prayer and through care they begin to experience the healing of Jesus. And and the church begins to look an awful lot like the group of people that Jesus was continually gathering around himself. Right? When Jesus was walking and talking and moving and shaking and and, and healing people, the people that gathered around him were who? They were a mess. Right? They were troubled. They were confused. They didn't have any idea what was going on. They'd gather around Jesus and then Jesus would get a lot of criticism from all the uh, religious folk. Right? They didn't like that. Wish things would be a little bit, you know, whatever. Jesus said, no, this is what I'm here for. I'm here for the sick. But guess what? He calls his people, inspired by the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit, to also be about the sick. And so the Spirit is drawing people in that need to be healed. And this is a place of healing because God's Spirit is there. The fifth thing we see is a sign of God's Spirit connecting people is that they live and give generously. It's one of the things that stands out to us in this description. That Really, kinda, let's be honest. Let's all be very honest it kind of rubs us capitalistic Westerners in an an uncomfortable way, right? Those of you who were raised in the 50s, doesn't all your anti-communism just kind of come out? What do you mean you had everything in common, you know? bugs me. Does it bug you? Come on. I know it bugs us. There's something about the radical generosity that happens when the Spirit of God gets into this community. It's like their whole perspective on their personal finances and all their stuff changes. Suddenly, as, as the Holy Spirit comes in, it's like they, they begin to see the things that God has given them as a means with which they can serve others. All of a sudden, they begin to see what God has given them as, as not just a means, but actually a responsibility. That God has enabled them to grow a business or to, to, to inherit some, some, some land or, or whatever it is. Or maybe just given them the gift of, of, of being able to make money. And, and, and all of a sudden, when the kingdom of God is, moves in, when the spirit moves in, all of a sudden they begin to realize, oh, this is a gift that comes with a responsibility to serve. And this community, astonishingly, begins to meet needs. Begins to serve, yes, physical needs, but beyond that, spiritual needs, as they empower people, as they send people out, as they as they begin as a people to 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 strategize how do we reach beyond ourselves and show people the love of Jesus? This comes from a generous, incredibly generous community that has been reoriented by the Holy Spirit around their finances. There's a description a little later on in Acts chapter four. It's a crazy description. It says that this early community of Jesus' followers, which by that time has probably grown to be you know, five or 6,000, in this early community it says that there were no needy persons among them, which is astonishing. It means that in that early church, there wasn't some widow off on the side who wasn't eating enough food. It means that there wasn't, you know, this, this group over here that was being ignored and, 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 and no, one, no one even noted. It, it, it says there was no needy people among them. Why? Because as a community, they realized we're family now. And the money and the finances and the resources that God has given us have been given to us so that we can serve. That is a sign of the Holy Spirit, people. If anything, that's the sign that God has really gotten in there and moved things around. Because when we'll let go of our finances for the sake of other people, That's a sign that God's Spirit is at work. It's beautiful. The sixth thing we see is worship. The Holy Spirit has gotten in, and these people, they make praise a priority. They're worshiping together whenever they can. Do you notice that? They're worshiping together, it says, in the temple, which is part of, uh, these are, well, at this point, all Jewish people. They're worshiping in what would be the standard sort of gathering worship place, but they're also worshiping in each other's homes. And I get the sense that they bump into each other on the street corner, and and they're, they're worshiping there too. That there's something that's just coming out of them as they've realized what Jesus has done for them, as they've realized the gift of the Holy Spirit given to them, as they've been renewed and excited with the passionate, you know, fact that the creator of heaven and earth in sending his son and sending his spirit has made us a new people, has inspired us with a new purpose, has given us a new mission. They just want to praise God for that. And so everywhere they go, whether they're speaking to one another, whether they're gathering, whatever, they're, they're praising the one who has saved them and called them and changed them and has empowered them to be his people? Praise is a priority. You do not get a sense from this group of people that are saying, What? It's Sunday again? I gotta go to church. I wanted to do yard work. I hope it'll bump into it Tom at the grocery store later today because I'm just gonna stay home. Uh, you know, you don't get the sense from them, right? And and, and I hate running running into you Sunday afternoon when you've skipped because you guys all look guilty and you avoid me. Like, why are you avoiding me? I was there. Okay, Um, that was not my notes. Uh, (laughs) You don't get the sense from them, right? You get the sense that they're like, oh, my goodness. We get to gather as the church and worship. What a privilege. Our whole life has been changed because of Jesus And I get an opportunity to come together for an hour or two or three and just focus my heart and mind and give praise to him and lift him up. Wow, that's amazing. Give me more. That's the sense you get from them. They realize that we don't gather at the church. We've talked about this before, right? But we gather as the church, wherever we gather. Main street, house, or these four walls. I know our English doesn't do us any service because you always say, well, let's meet at the church. What, what does that mean? It's, it's weird. Sometimes I try. I say, let's meet at the building that the church owns. That's awkward, though. It's really awkward. So I don't know if you can come up with a new way of saying it. But the point is, we don't meet at the church. We meet as the church. We are the church. And giving praise to God is central to who we are. It's a sign of the Spirit's work in us. Well, what's the seventh sign? It's growth. I mean, that's what happens when the Spirit is infused in this community, when these kinds of things are happening, when lives are being changed, when we're living generously and the Spirit of God is at work and people are being healed and God's Word is central and all that stuff happens, people notice. It says that there was favor in the community, which, no kidding, people are being healed, people are being cared for. It's evident that lives are being changed, marriages are being healed. Uh, You know, things Things are just happening over there and people are like, wow, I want them to be my neighbor. Yeah, I'll hire him. He's honest. You know, the changes that happen, the favor grows. But more than that, what we see is people want to get in on it. People begin to notice and they say, tell me more about this Jesus that you worship. Tell me more about this God that you're following. Because this, this I'll pay attention to. I've seen what's going on in your life and in your community. This I'll pay attention to. And what we see is the Lord added to their numbers daily, those who are being saved. There's this ongoing growth. A healthy church grows. Jesus made a promise to his followers that they'd be his witnesses. And he does that. He fulfills that through a spirit-born, spirit-infused, vibrantly connected community. That's how he does it. What's the point of all this? We cannot be the church by ourselves. You can't do it. We can't change lives in isolation. Not our own lives, not the lives of others. We can't be the witnessing community of Jesus without spirit-inspired connectivity. Without connection, there's no change. There's no mission. There's no witness. The spirit can't work through a disconnected church. The spirit always pulls us together always centers us around his purposes, always brings us around his word, always fills us with his spirit. And as we engage face-to-face and as we try to help each other follow Jesus and as we wrestle through what God is saying, as we pray together, as we serve one another, as we meet each other's needs, as we pray for healing, as we ask the Lord to lead us, the spirit then sends us out together. Together, whether we as a community send a group or however it happens, the spirit sends us together into his mission. But we have to choose that. We have to say yes to him. The Spirit doesn't come and just run us over, force us in. The Spirit woos us and challenges us and invites us. The Spirit doesn't work in our hearts, but we have to choose to let him lead us into relationships. We have to choose to let him lead us into connection around his kingdom purposes. And that's why we as a church, that's why we as a leadership team, that's why I, as your pastor, that's why we're deeply committed to be in a church that is connected. We want to forge deeper connections together. It's why we're unapologetic about the opportunity we have to gather for regular worship. This is awesome. What a privilege. It's also why we're unapologetic about gathering in connect groups, about making it a priority to be in this regular connection. And as we look to the fall for October and November, because without connection, we will experience minimal spiritual growth And we will lack effectiveness in our witness. Connectivity is the key, but the choice is up to us. Are we going to let the Spirit lead us deeper into connection and just see what He can do? Because it's pretty amazing. Or are we going to remain alone, aloof, isolated, and ineffective? Well, let's get practical. First, let me talk to those of you who are already, you know, like, I'm already signed up. I'm already coming. Please don't say any more don't know what to do with this. <laughs> Here's your choice. As you come to your connect groups this fall, as you come to, to our worship gatherings this fall, I want to challenge you to come with deep anticipation that God is going to speak. I, I want to challenge you to be praying for your facilitators, the facilitators of your group, your connect group. I want to I challenge you to pray for those who will be joining you. That the Spirit will speak and work and call and move. I want to challenge you as you gather for worship this fall, as you gather here or maybe in other settings, that you come with an anticipation that we have this opportunity to worship the one who has saved us and called us to new life. And and what an opportunity that you would come with with an expectation that, that, that Jesus is at work in us and moving us and challenging us. I want to challenge you as you join the Connect Group this fall to make that priority A in your life. Some of the connect group facilitators have already talked to me and said could you please tell people if they sign up for my group that they show up for my group you know the other groups they could no that's not what they said but for my group could they please show up and what they're saying is it's important right and if we're hit and miss and we're kind of eh." so so here here, i wanted to help you today i want to challenge you to make connect groups a priority so i want to do a little drill so when you you sign up for a connect group those of you already have and then, I don't know, three weeks in, on the evening uh, of your of your uh, connect group, maybe at like uh, 5.30, work calls, and they say, we need you to come in. Here's what you say. I'm sorry, I already have a commitment. Can we try that? I'm sorry, I already have a commitment. Yeah. How about this one? You're five weeks in, and the concert of your dreams is coming to Nelson. And your very best friends call you and say, guess what? Bono is doing a private showing in Nelson at Osunegro, I don't know, or some place over there. I've got two free tickets. Do you want to come? And you say, and you say, I'm sorry. Give Bono my best. I've got a commitment. The hospital calls, and one of your children has been in an accident. Go to the hospital, okay? Don't, don't just, we want you to go to the hospital for that one. But you know what I'm saying? Make the group a priority. That's for those of you who have already signed up. Invite people to join you. Dig into this, this amazing rendition. I'm loving it because i got to preach out of this thing. I'm two weeks in already, and I'm loving it. It's great. Those of you who have been in the Bible a long time will love it. Those of you who are fresh and new, you're going to love it. It's good stuff. All right. Those of you those are already convinced. Now, for those of you who are hanging in the balance, who up to now have not been connected, or maybe you haven't been connected here, maybe you're new to this church, or, or maybe you've become disconnected because of various things that have happened. I don't know. But here's my challenge to you. You could make a decision this morning that could change the very trajectory of your life. A decision to get connected into community a decision to sign up, a decision to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this worship gathering a priority. Listen, not only can this decision bring about incredible change in your life personally, but it's so much bigger than that. And that's what Jesus wants us to see. Jesus actually wants to do something through you that profoundly alters the destiny of other people. Maybe a person in your connect group that you come to know for the first time and you b- begin to walk together and, and listen to Jesus together and experience his change in your life together. Maybe it's someone that, that, that you begin to, to get to know at, at work or in your neighborhood or at the coffee shop. Someone that maybe you've even known for a long time, but as a result of what Jesus is doing in you, as you've made the connection, as a result of what Jesus is saying to you and the ways he's shaping you and changing you, suddenly you begin to share with them. Suddenly you invite them to church. Suddenly, they all of a sudden get connected. They all of a sudden come to hear the, the love of Jesus for them. And their entire life is changed as a result of you getting connected. I want you to see the vision for that. But it's time to choose. Are you going to get connected? And then third, for those of you whom I deeply love, who are going to walk away today and shrug and say, whew, hope oh, he doesn't do that again. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not signing up for that. Are you crazy? I want to speak directly to those of you, and I'm, I'm not going to meet anyone in the eye. Oh, I just looked at Gord. Oh, shoot. Uh, I want to tell you something. Those of you who are like, no, I don't want to do this. Well, a couple things. One, I want you to know that I love you. and I want you to know Jesus loves you. And here's my question. Here's what I'd like to ask you to do this week would you be willing to ask why you're hiding? Like, why? Why are you resisting connection? What are you ducking? Why are you throwing up excuses? Why are you running? Because God has a dream for your life. He has a dream for the kind of changes He wants to bring to your heart. He has a dream for the kind of purpose He wants to instill in you. He has a dream for the vision he wants to create in your heart and mind. And more than that, as I've already said, he has a dream for what he wants to do through you and the lives of other people. And if you don't get connected, it can't happen. And so my challenge to you is to ask, why? Why am I hiding? Why am I resisting? And as the Holy Spirit helps you identify that, do what you need to do to get over it. Get counseling. Talk to a friend. Repent of a sin. Cancel some things out of your schedule. Identify the wounds that need to be healed or the trust that needs to be established or the things that are holding you back. Whatever it is, I implore you to actually deal with it so that you can experience what Jesus longs for you to experience and through you others as a result. Is there anyone I've missed today? Does anyone feel like they should put up their hand because I missed talking to them today because that would be super comfortable, wouldn't it? Look, we've heard the challenge. Let's get connected and let's watch what the Spirit is going to do in us as a community. Deal? Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for your love for us, your passionate love for us that has drawn us together, given us the gift of your Holy Spirit, empowered us to be your people. And to see life change as a result, it's amazing. And I pray that we as a church would just be open to your leadership, open to you continuing to fulfill your promise in us, that we would be your witnesses and that lives would be changed as a result. Jesus, lead us and guide us. Have your way with us. Take us where you want to take us. In your name we pray. Amen.